Welcome to Rack Talks, a podcast dedicated to the ever-evolving world of RegTag and financial regulations. My name is Klaus Christensen, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Know Your Customer. We are an award-winning RegTag provider specialized in digital onboarding, KYC, and anti-money laundering solutions. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome Karen Conte as my guest. Karen is the co-founder and CEO of AngelHop, which is the first SFC-licensed startup investment platform. She's also co-founder of WHOP, the startup community and power connector in Asia, and a founding board member of the FinTech Association of Hong Kong uh, that we also take part in. Karen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for inviting me, Klaus. In our introduction, we have given a bit of an overview uh, of your background. Would you mind exploring in a bit more detail why did you start AngelHop? Was there a gap in the market that you identified and wanted to address? Thank you very much for the question. So, so first we established WHUB, which became the, the biggest startup community here in, in Hong Kong and, and Power Connector in, in Asia. And uh, we were providing all the resources startup needed to, to grow. And the one part that we were not touching uh, was uh, investment uh, into, into startups. But, but when you start to be deeply immersed uh, into the startup uh, ecosystem, there is also one thing that you realize is that it's definitely lacking um, capital power, uh, especially into like pre-Series A, uh, Series A type of companies, right? Just I would say just at the end of like institutional money. So that's why we decided to, to build the Angel Hub, uh, which is the first uh, SFC regulated startup investment platform. So first we needed to get the, the license from our regulator, which took about like 18 months. Uh, and then after we were able to, uh, to launch and, and really what we wanted to do uh, was, you know, based on, on of our knowledge of the tech community to be able to provide the startups that we believe has the maximum potential uh, for high net worth individual to invest into these companies. So to democratize startup investments and not to make it only available for, for VC or just a, a few angel investors that are doing it for full time. So, you know, how, how, to, um, how to make these companies that are not too much like well-known yet uh, to everybody to be part of their journey. Hong Kong uh, has traditionally been a place for trade and for property. And uh, Asian investors would also be skewed towards those topics. Those would be topics dear to their heart. Um, how did you convince uh, investors or is there a change in general in the investment community in uh, Asia and Hong Kong specifically that opens them up to tech? I definitely think so. It's true that if you're comparing Asia to, to Europe or, or the US, uh, which are both a much more mature market in terms of, uh, of startup investment, uh, Asia came late into the play. Uh, five years ago, we had no, no unicorns in, in Hong Kong, just a few in Asia as well. So people didn't know much about tech and, and all its opportunities, I would say. 
but I would say from like all the all the work that has been done in in, in order to um, to learn more about the Texan, uh, all the conference uh, that that happen in the region, we see more and more appetites, and and also because people realize that Hong Kong was a fast-paced growing you know tech environment, uh, giving a lot of opportunities for tech company to develop and to become like like unicorns, and and therefore generating a lot of revenue for early stage investors. So we do see more and more interest uh, from individuals and family offices to uh, to invest into tech companies uh, in in Asia, uh, definitely. Angel Hub itself invested a lot into their online tech platform. It is not just an investment vehicle. It's not just uh, people behind that. There is a lot of tech in uh, Angel Hub. What was your experience moving from um, an investment as a, a very personal thing to a tech platform? It has been uh, very complicated because uh, Hong Kong sometimes can be very slow in terms of, of regulation and, and technology adoption, uh, I would say, from a regulatory point of view. So it's true that, you know, you want to be a platform, right? So you need to be able to digitally onboard your customers. It sounds really stupid, but you need to be able without having to meet them face to face. Otherwise, I mean, how can you onboard thousands of, of customers, right? If you, if you need to meet each and every one of them. So, so, so definitely as uh, this part uh, has been quite, uh, quite, quite challenging, uh, but it's, it's definitely uh, at the center of, of what we do, right? Digitization from like the investor onboarding point of view, being able to do all the KYC AML, uh, you know, in a very fast, strong and efficient way uh, with, a, with a minimum team, uh, right? Which is really key. And on the other side is, okay, how do you also onboard uh, startups? How do you actually digitalize the process, even for them to make it easier uh, for their fundraising journey in general? Um, so technology is really a, a key part of, of what we do in order to make the whole process efficient. I mean, over the past year, we have assessed about 1,300 companies. Out of, out of them, so we have met about 150 uh, companies, uh, you know? So it's really, how can you do this with such a small team? Uh, you need to use technology for it. No other choice. Last time we saw each other in person, I think it was late last year at a absolutely jam-packed WHOP event at the top level of, uh, I think, spaces in Hong Kong. Um, a lot has happened since. I, I remember pushing through throngs of people to get to uh, the good stuff, uh, the, the very nice wine there in the end after the, the event was through. And um, a lot has changed. Uh, from your experience over the last few months, has COVID had an impact on accelerating or delaying digital transformation trends in the financial services? And uh, if so as well, have investors started reacting to this from your point of view? Definitely, I would say that, that COVID uh, had a, a major impact in terms of uh, accelerating uh, digital transformation trends. And actually speaking, it's not actually COVID uh, which has accelerated uh, the, the digital transformation, but it's more the measures that have been taken by the government. The fact that people have been stuck you know, home without access to, to branches, uh, wanted to avoid crowded uh, places, you know, um, the last survivor that didn't want to use their phone uh, in order to check their financial services and, and, and to have different type of, of services 
now actually had to do it. And I saw actually a, a report about uh, COVID and, and, and financial and fintech actually adoption. And, and I think you can see a, a growth of like 50% uh, minimum uh, during, uh, during uh, COVID in terms of usage, in terms of download of, of apps. Uh, it's, uh, it's quite straightforward. It's, uh, it's really like an echelon uh, type of growth. So, um, so we definitely see it. Uh, but it's true that it's not only in terms of, of you know, financial services. I, I think we see uh, an impact uh, in terms of digitalization in edutech as well, uh, with all of our kids, you know, having to uh, to do uh, homeschooling. Uh, now they are like expert in terms of Zoom, uh, Google Hangout, and and all this type of, of things. It's just it's just amazing, actually. I I noticed that my kids downloaded Zoom without even asking me, and uh, now they are comparing notes on it. Uh, so it's very funny, and, and all these type of games that they are doing to learn uh, online. I think gaming also uh, is, is huge, uh, especially desktop, because now it seems like uh, every day is a weekend in terms of gaming, because people spend their day like really in front of their computer without uh, being able to, to go away. And, uh, and the last really trend that we see is food tech. I think, you know, people were like a concern about like their health and uh, how they can actually save the, the planet. So, so I think in, indeed it, it has really accelerates a, a lot of transformation that I think without COVID and especially lockdown uh, would have been um, really slower for sure. I absolutely agree. This is what we have been seeing in, in our company as well. Uh, a lot of project has projects have been pushed forward and um, the uh, pressure from from the customers of our clients is obviously relentless uh, to get their act together and uh, make all services available online and, and so on. I think you should see some uptick as well in the use of uh, the AngelR platform because if you're stuck at home, with, this is one thing you can do as an entrepreneur. You can go up uh, and list your company on Angel Hub and uh, collect funds and uh, get going. And as an investor, uh, this is one of the few things you can uh, do fully remotely uh, without going to a bank branch or anything. And you can invest in fantastic companies there. So you are, of course, a native of beautiful France and an ambassador for French fintech as well as Hong Kong but uh, you have been based in Hong Kong for a long time, which gives you a very unique perspective on the world of fintech. From your point of view, what do you think the most exciting things in RecTech are happening currently? We saw over the last, uh, over the last few years, everything in terms of KYC, AML was really the, the first part where you can see a really strong trend. And now that, uh, you know, banks and other financial institutions, but not only are adopting, because this is really key. This is where you can actually save save cost rights how can you speed up uh, compliance and really simplify like like the whole uh, framework so i think that was the first part and and then i think you know it comes into data privacy uh, ai fraud detection um, as well um, and everything that is more like data driven i would say uh, because now that everything is done online, there are different ways to, to detect uh, fraud and AI can be uh, one, one thing of it because you have access to all the behavior of, of your customer directly on their phone, right? That's what Relab, for example, is, is doing. So I think you still have a, a lot of things uh, that come into play. And of course, as I was saying, data privacy is definitely one part uh, where RecTech could play a huge role. 
And once you're able really to, to crack this part as well, it will help a lot of startups, uh, you know, to, to grow from different jurisdictions in a really uh, easy way. So I think because one barrier usually is really, can really be solved by rec tech companies. So I know it, it doesn't really look sexy, rec tech usually, but come on, let's face it. It's, it's the one thing that can really help you to scale and to grow from one jurisdiction to another. So it's actually key for every type of business. I would completely disagree anyway by now. Uh, when I started uh, KYC five years ago, initially I also thought, oh, this might be a bit dry, but it isn't actually. The world of regulation is uh, ultimately is about very interesting topics. It is about the prevention of money laundering. It is of prevention of crime and terrorism. And if you go down to that level, it's ultimately a force for good enabling regulators to put out strong regulations using technology and preventing bad things from happening. And as humans, we always see ourselves as a bit insulated from the things that happen there through through money laundering and uh, um, the abuse there of the system. But uh, we have this responsibility. And I think that is fantastic that we, uh, as RegTechs, can play our role uh, to make a better world, really. Uh, so I think it's sexy. <laughs> By now, I do. So too, but uh, it's only when you know the topics that you think it's sexy. That's right. It, it is. It is a bit of an acquired taste, or, or it's something where you have to dig a little deeper. But as as all human pursuits are, the, the ones where you have to work a bit harder, they're the most interesting in the end. All right, we have uh, spoken a lot about investment, rec tech, and as well as innovation from the financial institutions' point of view. Now, if you look at the third component, uh, the third player in the space, that would be the regulators. In Hong Kong, we are both unlucky and lucky. We're lucky that the HKMA has started really to actively promote RagTech uh, for a good while now with a, a whole series of events and uh, appointments there. So there is movement there. But on a general level, um, what are some of the steps that regulators can take to promote and encourage RegTech more? Honestly, I, I wish that all regulators could be in a room together and agree on a common framework. Uh, I, I think that's, that's, that's my dream, right? Uh, because uh, first of all, even usually in one country, you can have a different type of regulations depending on your business. Um, so that's one thing as, as we have seen uh, sometimes in Hong Kong. But then the thing is that uh, now that the world is really global, right, uh, you need to be able to scale fast. And, and for this, you need to have a, a common regulatory framework across the different countries um, so that you can scale, right? And, uh, and I think, you know, this can only be uh, enabled by two factors. First, which is often the case for everything, which is communication across different regulators. So that's one thing that is key. And the second one is definitely technology. And, and that's the way, uh, you know, we, we can make this uh, common uh, across different jurisdictions and, uh, and make uh, the world uh, access uh, better from, from, from everywhere. I wonder what organization could play that role in connecting those regulators, really? When you think about Europe, it's it's kind of a, the first place where all these countries should have a common regulation, right? I think that was the dream initially in order to facilitate uh, business across all these countries. And from there, how do you expand for, for this between like the bridge to the US and, and then to, um, 
to Asia. So, um, so unfortunately, I really don't have the answers. I, I think all the tech conference can play a big role uh, because actually you see a lot of regulators at all these tech conference. And, and the truth is that they all know each other. They all speak to each other. And, and most of regulators, honestly, are really tech savvy as well. So that's really, I think, what we managed to, uh, to, to notice also. So I think it's going into the, the right direction. Well, we, we in, in our space uh, as KYC, we are lucky in that there is actually an organization that is the source of most of the world's anti-money laundering regulations, and that would be the FATF. Their recommendations are the basis for everything. But still, uh, there is no common force at the moment, and there's, there's various uh, initiatives, but they don't quite connect. I wonder if it is really politics that's holding us back is it also cultural the background how do we view privacy versus the, the state and privacy versus big organizations all that now we have one final question that i ask all my guests and uh, if you woke up tomorrow and you had the magic wand and you would be the global financial regulator maybe the global sfc what would uh, be the first thing you would change with your experience uh adhering to those regulations Oh my God! Uh, I, I would make I would make it so much clearer for, for everybody. Oh my God! In terms that I can actually read and understand, like proper English, without needing a lawyer in order to understand what I'm reading. So maybe that would be like the first thing. Uh, I, I think the, the second thing would be really. Uh, to make a common regulation across all jurisdictions. I think that I, I really wish for that. And then to make it, to enable it uh, to, to, to be able to digitalize uh, the whole process, whether it's it's really in terms of, of reporting, in terms of, of onboarding, in terms of, of communication uh, as well. You know, I'm sure that nowadays there is nothing that is preventing us from making it, you know, faster and, and more efficient uh, with less paper and less face-to-face -face meetings. So I think that that's really uh, what, I would, what I would like to do because I'm sure that, you know, at the end, regulators are here to protect the customer, right? That's what they want to do. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure that they all have the same goal at heart. So, so I don't see any reason why it, it shouldn't be the same everywhere. I very much agree. Thank you so much, Karen. I recently uh, read the FATF recommendations uh, as, as, a, as a document, and it, uh, the recommendations are actually only about 30 pages. But there's 130 pages of guidance material apartment in addition to the 30 pages. I think there is also uh, agreeing to the second part of what you said, there's a giant opportunity uh, for regulators to take technology more into account when writing the regulations. Instead of just writing regulations for a paper process and adding, uh, tagging on a part that says, well, normally would do paper, but if you do technology, you can do it like this. Uh, they should concentrate on technology and uh, reverse the whole thing. And then that would move regulations forward and make it a lot easier for both financial institutions and their customers. Well, um, that has been very nice. Thank you so much, Karen, for your time. Thank you very much. 
thank you also for your role in in Hong Kong and in the in the whole community. Uh, for us, this has been major when we entered into Hong Kong um, to, to like three years ago, and uh, I think it will be going forward for so many more companies. So, yeah, thank you for that role. Thank you very much, and, and you know, as I said. Uh, you know, we, we want to invest into uh, the companies that we believe uh, has the most potential. So here it is. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talks. My name is Klaus Christensen, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of award-winning RecTech provider, Know Your Customer. If you liked the episode, please subscribe to the whole series and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us, suggest a guest or a topic for an upcoming episode, please send us a message at info at knowyourcustomer.com or visit knowyourcustomer.com slash rectalks.